My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels and the very first episode of Faces of Deathmatch. That's right. Once a month, maybe once a month, we'll do whatever we want. You know, you can't make us. But uh, me and my dear friend Corey Higdon from Deathmatch Worldwide are going to be going through, back through time to talk about uh, different Deathmatch shows uh, that we've enjoyed and we're reviewing. So stay tuned to see what the next one will be. But for this very first one, we're starting all the way at the most current Tournament of Survival 666, which we both absolutely loved. Welcome to the show, Corey. How are you feeling about this show? What's up, brother? Uh, Always good to be on here and hang out with you for a bit. Um, So TOS 666... Um, we could call it Tournament of Cologne because yeah, but. I really think it was such a fucking awesome highlight of Cologne being just at the absolute top of his game right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was telling you before, top three deathmatch tournaments of all time, if not the best deathmatch tournament of all time, and I've seen them all. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that the crowd – aspect definitely brought so much fucking energy that we've missed for so long yeah but i I mean just watching that from home i was i was standing up the whole time i couldn't sit down it was it was just it was ridiculous it was electrifying right and i think that probably paid a part in like how pumped we were too because it was like that first big show back with the full crowd in the like showboat like and it was pumping man from the second like it it cranked up like it was nuts i was sitting uh in this room i'm in now like in the in the spare room uh at my house at like 2 a.m in the morning in perth western australia and messaging with you and i was pretty fucking excited as well you know i woke up for it um and yeah, man, it was a lot to stay awake for that early in the morning. But it, you were half dead most of the time, dude. I was half dead, but but to be <laughs> honest, that with how pumped the crowd was, it it did a really good job of like keeping me awake. The previous years, one I was I was struggling, man. I was really struggling that one in the car park, like yeah. um, TOS five. Yeah, and I know there was a few moments when I was asleep during that tournament, but uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, six 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 was was awesome, man. It was really cool. Um, they they started it off right with 
what do we do to start the show? Just hit fucking Nick Gage's music, man. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and, and just let him cut a promo and start, which is awesome. So uh, Every GCW show should start that way. Oh, absolutely. Because, dude, it's just a mosh pit from the second it starts. And, of course, right. it is the segment, the now infamous segment, Nick Gage wants to have a talk with Zack Ryder. <laughs> oh no 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 matt cardona oh yeah Don't yeah exactly by WWE. well that's true i think on the graphic though they had like a like these ones like air quotes like zach Ryder was the funny thing yeah well no did, did they really I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. if they did. Or I don't know. When they launched awesome. it on Twitter and stuff, I think that's what it said, like that kind of thing. So I, I don't I think know. it's hilarious that he's going by Matt Cardona, but the crowd's always chanting, fuck Zack Ryder, which is just, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that when uh, when he would come out later, like, you know, at the the match where he goes on to verse Nick Gage, how he started it with the Zack Ryder music and then cut it off and went to like yes. this new <laughs> Yes. He's such a fucking troll. <laughs> it's awesome. But Yeah, and he's doing a fucking great job at it, too. Oh, man, he's killing it. But, hey, maybe we'll talk about that later. In this particular yeah. uh, show, Nick Gage talks about uh, him and tries to call him out and everything like that. And he's like, Lauderdale, where's your boy at? Uh, but he never comes out. And so he just says he's going to be looking for him and is really just there to get the crowd pumped before the first match. And he did a pretty fucking good job at it, I reckon. I'd say so. There's nobody that can that can get the crowd white hot like like fucking Nick Gage can, man. It's just it's a it's a fact yeah, these he, days. He kills it, dude. And then he goes and gets on commentary as well. I love Nick Gage on commentary, man, because he just like lives it. You know, like he's just yeah. like, oh yeah, man. Like he's just like loving it. Yes, I love that shit. That shit gets me fired up, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I, I don't know. It pumps me up, dude. Say, like, dude. He's, he's like, yeah, like, that's that fucking real glass. See the dip on those fucking. <laughs> 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 we were talking about the time, right? Like, yeah. Seeing them do this, hearing them do this, that shit gets me fired up. And I'm sitting here thinking, fuck, it gets me fired up hearing you say that. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. It gets me fired up when you're fired up, Nick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For my uh, birthday, I think it was last year, my friend Travis um, got a, what are they called? A cameo from Nick Gage for my birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it was like the most fired up I've ever been, like, about anything. Um, I wonder if I fucking got it here. On, let's have a look at this. The motherfucking god of shit, Nick fucking Gage, and I got a, Big motherfucking birthday shout out to my motherfucking boy Rafe. How good was that? I thought that was the full version. That was a little bit of a fucking <laughs> anticlimax. I thought I was going to play the whole clip. Maybe I'll edit it in later. <laughs> but by the end of that, I was like, I better have a good birthday or I'm going to get fucked up. <laughs> it was awesome, That's man. Amazing. He's the fucking king, eh? So at this point, yeah, everybody's yeah. completely fucking pumped. And then we crank up with Effie and G-Raver, which was one of my favorite matches of the night. It was absolutely killer. Effie's, like, so awesome and, like, so different to everybody else. And the crowd's just into it. And Elton John's playing. And it's, like, an absolute fucking banger of an entrance. He's wearing a romper. He's looking awesome. Uh, he's got some kind of mullet going on. He's yeah, he's looking killer. And whenever Effie does death matches, it's always great. You know he's going to go in hard and not fuck around. You know he doesn't do them all the time, but when he does, he's not afraid to get in there, right? Yeah, the dude doesn't give a fuck, man. Like he 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 goes in there and kills it. I thought that was a I thought that was an awesome opener. Yeah, um, I thought they absolutely killed it. 
Um, Effie definitely went off quite a few times. There was a number of spots that he did that was fucking sick. Effie uh, was taking like the brunt of the punishment, like yeah, yeah. and going hard and like and G Raver as well, man. Talk about a dude that does it better than most, but one handed. Like his return is one of like the fucking best things. So I was so I watched it like when he got injured, obviously, and that was very concerning. And then him being away for so long sucked. And then when he come back and I'm, I'm looking at the hand and I'm like, fuck, how's he going to do this? And it's like, oh, still better than most. <laughs> is it, yeah, is the it's, it's like you, you can't you can't not respect the dude. Like dude. whether you are a wrestling fan or you're not a deathmatch fan and you're one of those people that, that shit on him for being, oh, oh, I guess that's why that happened to you because fuck you're one off. of those dumbass deathmatch wrestlers. Fuck dude, off. The, the, the fucking guy had a literal career-ending injury and I mean, if you think about it, I think it 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 ended his career as a tattoo artist in his personal I, life. I, th- I think it did. I can't yeah. be sure, but I think it did. I think I heard and, something uh, about that, like stretching the skin while he tattoos is is like hard because he can't. Yeah, you know, you know, grip and stuff but, like that. But I mean, if for, that's true, that's for him to just say, yeah, and for him to just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm not only not done wrestling i'm not done doing death matches i'm just gonna go harder i'm gonna relearn everything i was doing you know a little differently now and i'm just gonna keep killing it and i'll be honest i think the dude is killing it harder than he was post-injury 100 percent, because you can tell it's one of those things that when other things go away and you're laser focused on Mm. one thing like yeah you can see it. The fire he's got in his promos and the way he's adapting and stuff like that. He's like, I'm fucking all or nothing now. Like when I, dude, I sp- how, how can you, not, how can you hate on that? Like, no, even on just a human level, the dude just said, fuck this. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not done. And he dove headfirst back into it, dude. How can you not love that? Exactly. Like when I, I recently did an interview with Oren Vite and he talked about his, you know, near death injury and stuff. And he said that when he sort of, you know, came out of that, his first thought was like, can I wrestle tomorrow? And then he knew, he's like, I'm in this shit for life, you know? And then then when G-Raver was essentially faced with that same thing, like, fuck, what do I do? My life is ruined. Can I do it? He's like, fuck it. I'm wrestling for life. Like, you can't, you can't fucking hate on that dedication, man. Like, yeah. Dude, the series with him and Jimmy Lloyd has been some of the best shit ever lately. It's so fucking good. Yeah, fuck. I bought that pay-per-view for glass ceilings. I spent like 30 bucks fucking Australian just to watch the glass ceilings match. Like, (laughs) that's how good that feels. Yeah, that that shit was fire. I know uh, talking to Pondo, he thinks it was one of the best death matches of the year. So, yeah, yeah, big, big, big fan of that. And the the shit he's doing in H2O. Oh, sorry. And the shit he's been doing in H2O as well, where it's essentially like H2O's fucking Batman coming in on the car against fucking, <laughs> right. uh, like, a four four zero and stuff like that. I, I just love him, man. And also his theme goes hard, too. I got a sub under yeah, my couch, uh, and when fucking G-Raver comes in, let me know. Let me tell you, the entire building you know knows about G-Raver. What is it? His his new music, it's the theme from uh, a Serbian film. Oh, really? I don't know if you've ever seen that sick fucking movie or not. No, but, no. Uh, me, me and G-Raver are both, like, extreme 
like extreme horror cinema fans and okay. we both geek out over that movie quite a bit and uh I don't know if a lot of people caught that when he first started using it when he came no. back, but I immediately popped for it. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know what it is. I just know that my couch basically moves around the house and we're on an 11-story apartment. I'm sure about 10 stories below me all know <laughs> when G-Raver enters the building because the, <laughs> the base is fucking lit on that track. Yeah. Also, we can't forget that in this match with Effie, it was the – I don't know if this was the – I believe it was the debut – of the salt and vinegar chips. It, it was. It was the, the salt and vinegar chips shirt available now from Deathmatch Worldwide. Uh, and That's right. It, it is the first Rad Fuckery Boards Deathmatch. But, yeah, it's the first time we see uh, him use the salt and vinegar chips on anybody. So still innovating even with that, which was a great spot. Exactly. My wife loved that. She was actually, like, That's uh, so fun. I actually hit him with that idea. I'm like, dude. I, I'm I don't I don't really like to design a lot of shit for people anymore. I was like, but dude, you, you gotta jump on that salt and vinegar chips yeah, thing. I think yeah. it's amazing. So I threw together a design. He's like, fuck it, man, throw it up in my store. So yeah, deathmatchworldwide.com, you can get a G Raver salt and vinegar chips t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's awesome, mate. It's it's on my short list that's gonna get me fucking divorced when I buy everything <laughs> on the fucking store. Exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the entire match, I interrupted your thought, but basically, what an absolute banger. They they were opening and they came out all guns blazing, man. Swinging, yeah. Yeah. So, some of the, the stuff that like, every took like the table uh, with all like the pins on it and stuff. I showed my, um, we were drinking the other night and... We're just going to put on something or whatever. And I go, I'm just going to put on Tournament of Survival. And my sister-in-law <laughs> was over. She's never seen it. She's seen some deathmatch. She comes past and I'm Good watching shit. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to start with that. And she immediately loves Effie, right? The second he comes out. And then obviously G-Raver makes quite an impact as well. And then some of the shit and like, yeah, the the pins on the table sort of thing she was like no but but she was having a blast by the end of it which is what deathmatch wrestling always does right you're either fucking too shocked and you got to leave the room or you're having the best time ever yeah deathmatch wrestling brings that energy man it brings an energy like and and i'm not even just saying this because i'm a fan Mm -hmm. but there's a fucking energy in the room when and, and I'm not going to say every single deathmatch tournament or every single deathmatch show because there's some crap out there, yeah. but the the real dudes who are really handling the art the way that it needs to be handled, there's a fucking energy that comes with it that is second to none. Yeah, absolutely, man. You can't be sitting on your hands or whatever. You you just no. like it's balls to the wall from like the second it starts, you know. And it's what what sucked us up into deathmatch wrestling when we first saw big Japan in Japan and saw this 100 light tubes match and stuff, you you fucking take notice. And then you're like, and yeah. now how do I see this again? <laughs> it's fucking dangerous, man. And yeah. I think a lot of people are so desensitized to all the violence. I think some of them forget how fucking dangerous this is. Like yeah. at any given moment, someone could die in that ring. And I think a lot of people forget that. And I, I'm... I'm always remembering that in the back of my head. I'm, I'm always hoping that never happens to anybody, yeah. regardless if I'm a fan. Part or of not. that fear, I think, helps it too, right? Like, yeah, uh, because you're always watching it. Like, fuck, I hope everybody's okay. And so there's like a little heightened sense of adrenaline, and especially as I've gotten to know more and more of these 
guys, like interviewing them on the show and becoming friends with them. Like I'm concerned for their well being, you know? And yeah. And I watch it not like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what's Oren doing with that knife board again? That kind of stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, I, I know personally, in a, uh, you know, sometimes before a big show, I'll shoot him a message like, hey, dude, be careful, kill it, love you. Yeah. Hope to see you on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, afterwards, sometimes I'll message him and be like, dude, that was fucking great. Hope you're all right. Much yeah. love. Holler at me in a little bit when you get cleaned up. Yeah. And it's just... I feel so much more emotionally invested in deathmatch wrestling than I ever did in regular professional wrestling growing up. Yeah. And it's just, uh, there's nothing that can replace that in my life right now. It's, it's, it's amazing. And there's something as well about like the sort of undergroundness. Like we both used to play in metal bands and, and things like that. And so when I was in that scene, you know, metal and hardcore and stuff, there was sort of like a, a bit of almost, I don't know, danger to the scene and you know it's nervous energy and stuff like yeah exactly and so and when we play shows and stuff like that and there's pits and and all that kind of action and so it it brings that all back for me you know and as yeah you you get to know these guys and invest in them because the dudes that are doing it like have to be passionate about it you know they've got that same yeah. passion that we did doing music they've got it for this and so you can't help but like respect that and appreciate them putting their yeah. bodies on the line every single time. I was going to say that it, it, it was kind of like, uh, it was just cause I grew up in the hardcore metal scene too when I was younger and, you know, going to shows out of town or even just shows in town, there was a lot of nervous energy. And I feel like deathmatch wrestling has that same bit of nervous energy. Like it was kind of one of those things where like there was a lot of crews and stuff yeah. when I went to hardcore shows. And if you, looked at somebody the wrong way or did something stupid or stepped on the wrong foot, you're going to get your fucking ass beat. And it was kind of one of those, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at yeah. type things. And I feel like deathmatch wrestling is, gives me that same nervous energy. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes the whole time. And I fucking love that. Yeah. Same, same. It, yeah. It's, it's something else, man. And I like, uh, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. You know, I dipped out for a little bit and stuff, but, I know nothing's quite dragged me in. I really, I really enjoy New Japan. And I really enjoy Japanese wrestling, but over this pandemic kind of era, it's really like deathmatch that's put it on its back. You know, they've just been pumping out the content and stuff, and nobody's doing it like that. And it's just sucked me in like nothing else right now. Because you're a deathmatch podcast now. That's what I always <laughs> joke with you about. <laughs> Corey's yeah, like, death, you're a deathmatch death podcast. I'm like, I do everything. He's like, no, no, you're a deathmatch podcast. Which death is why I'm wrestling one during the pandemic. Exactly, and that's why we're doing this uh, this little offshoot show that we're going to do uh, everything, so we can straight up do an only deathmatch show. So if any of my interviews are with non deathmatch wrestlers, uh, nobody's surprised, and they're still getting plenty of <laughs> plenty of deathmatch content. But don't worry, I got plenty of deathmatch interviews coming up because. They're all the best fucking dudes every single time. So, yeah, yeah, it's killer. Sure. So, um, one point, uh, one last point for Effie and G Raver though. There was, man, those meteoras he does, like the double knees onto Effie and stuff. There was one where he he sort of did it onto a chair, and it looked like he clipped yes. his knee 
so bad. And I yes. was like, fuck this dude, man. Like, he rolled out of the ring and stuff, and I was like, he's fucked. Like, I thought he'd blown his he name. Did like, he did, like, three or four of them during the last, like, few minutes of the match. I know. And that one on the chair. That, I thought his shin was just destroyed. The the one that he that looked the worst was the first one he did. And I, <laughs> he went on and did it, like, off the fucking turnbuckle or the apron or whatever to the outside and shit. I'm like, he's not going right. to be walking. I was like, they're going to have to, I don't know who's going to win, but surely Effie's winning because this motherfucker ain't going to walk after this was how I was thinking. Do, do you get the feeling that G-Raver basically has like no fear of anything anymore? <laughs> That's. I mean, I felt like he had no fear before. Yeah, I'm not like, saying that he did before. Now he's like, like, fuck it. Now he's dangerous. Like, And I don't mean yeah. dangerous as in an unsafe work or anything like that. I mean like you know, like he's my opponent. I'm fucking afraid of him because he won't. He'll do anything to win, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now I loved it, man. G Raver, G Raver takes the win and moves on to the next round. And Effie looks like an absolute deathmatch beast. So I completely sure. loved it. Now the amount of love I had for this sort of reversed a bit with the next one, which is the bunkhouse deathmatch. And don't get me wrong, I love Atticus, and I don't. I don't mind Mandis. He's okay. I don't really know. I, I haven't seen that much stuff. I know he doesn't do heaps of deathmatch stuff. For me, this match really slowed it down. And maybe it was the stipulation. It's kind of weird with bales of hay and stuff like that. But I wasn't really feeling this one. How how were you with this guy? Um, I I know Manders personally. I'd been doing a merch for him for the last like two years. Uh, previously through Double Hell Wrestling Club. Um, I always love it when guys start dipping their toes in death match, especially if they, if it's not just like a one-off thing and he's definitely been dabbling quite a bit this past year, but, um, you know, not to hate on anybody that match definitely had a very slow pace to it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I don't know if it was the, the gimmicks in it. Or what? It was still a good match. It was, there wasn't anything about it that was, it was like a bad fine. match. It was it, just a I very guess, slow burn. Yeah, I think you've got to take into account, I guess, that like you're coming in on a fever pitch, and it's hard to keep you know the crowd up and stuff like that. And the whole thing is a show, right. so maybe they're like, we need to drop, we need to slow it down a little bit so the crowd doesn't completely burn out. You know, every match has its role on the card. They can't all be fucking through the roof. You know, things. Like, everybody right. be asleep. You know what I mean? Like so. So you have to take that into consideration. But, yeah, coming off that one, I was I was ready for another kind of high pace match. And, yeah, it did slow it down a little bit. Um, I thought the ending was solid, though. Uh, I thought, like, the... Yeah, for sure. The, I don't know what Atticus calls his finisher, but off, like, the top rope through, like, all the glass and the hay bales and stuff like that and barbed wire. It looked pretty nasty. Yeah. Um well, there was the one highlight of the match when they had the uh, the the barbed wire spider web on the outside. Oh yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. Manders went through a running slam, and the barbed wire got caught in Attic- Atticus's nose ring. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was, that was fucking br- scary. That was brutal. I don't understand how people can wear have like piercings and shit and do death matches, especially yeah. when you're doing barbed wire. Like that would scare the absolute fuck out of me. Yeah, and. You seen the look on his face immediately. I thought maybe it was hooked in his face, and then I remembered he had a nose ring there, which yeah, 
I think it was just caught in his nose ring. I don't think it actually cut him, but nah, still. Nah, I think, I think it was just off. the nose ring, what I remember, but I was like, fuck it, hell, if anybody had jumped on it, it might have pulled the whole septum piercing out, which would have been brutal. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they was, they were solid, though. And, yeah, I don't want that to come off across uh, like I was ripping on Mandis because I'm definitely not. I think he's a fucking awesome, like, hoss wrestler. Fucking throw some mean... Main strength, so yeah, I'm definitely. Oh, Manders is a hoss, dude. Yeah, yeah. Manders is a thick boy. He's a fucking <laughs> damn boy. That boy is thick. Damn boy, he's <laughs> a thick ass boy. Um, yeah, dude. He, <laughs> he, yeah, they they still worked hard though. It was really cool. It just like a pace was set from FNG Raver where I was like, "Fuck, let's go." I didn't understand the hate for Manders at the end of it though. Was there hate? Uh, I really. Yeah, the crowd. Uh, I think they were. I think they were kind of giving him shit at the end, or they were just really quiet when he was leaving. I don't think he deserved either of those. I think it was. I think it was more of he was. He was really quiet, yeah. or, or not he. The uh, the crowd was really quiet when he was leaving. I, uh, I just kind of felt like like okay, the pace might have been slow, but like show that dude his fucking respect, man. He just yeah, went out there and killed himself he just for everybody. Bled, he just bled for it. The bunkhouse thing is weird though. Like, whenever you're fucking putting hay bales in the rig and weird stuff like that, and, you know, it's it's probably hard to work with. They're not exactly the exciting, yeah. exploding glass panes and, and shit like that, you know. So, And my fault, I, I kind of hit fast forward by accident. When I meant, uh, I don't understand the hate, I meant for Bam Sullivan later. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I got that confused for a second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, that's cool. Were, were people quiet when Mandis left? I felt like it was there was not like not a big reception when he was leaving, and there should have been. I felt yeah. like it was, you, you know, know every everybody that goes out there, especially on a stage that big, they deserve their fucking respect. I Nobody so. deserves to be fucking. I think so, like, and it may have also yeah. it may have also suffered a little bit because people would have been expecting Atticus to win. You know what I mean? So a match like that that feels a bit like a foregone conclusion. Uh, you know, he's like this young deathmatch prince at the moment, so you're expecting him to go far. Mandis doesn't often do deathmatches, so a lot of people would have been like, we're expecting Atticus to win, and then that's what happened, and then they're like, okay, you know, whatever, move on. Yeah, the, the, yeah the pace, I think, I think the pace definitely affected it a little yeah. bit, though. Like, uh, if it, it would have just went a little harder, maybe less hay bales. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I fucking hate the and, hay bales. Uh, just a, I a little that, shorter time frame. I think it would have went over a little exactly. better. Have you ever touched a hay bale? I don't want to fucking touch a hay bale. They're gross. And I hate getting yeah, their fucking shit in my shirt and like in my socks. They stink too. And in my, yeah, exactly. Fuck hay bales. No more bunkhouse matches. <laughs> I hate them. All right. On to the next one. Uh, next up is the first round it is the Towers of Terror death match. Now, we discussed whether we wanted to talk about this because there's been some recent stuff that's come to light. Um, about Nolan Edward. Uh, we weren't really sure how to address it. We don't know anything about it, and we're not really wanting to get involved. Uh, we do know, though, that we don't approve of fucking any bullshit at all. So we're just kind of going to breeze through it. We're briefly going to talk about it out of respect for Oren Vite because he busted his ass, and also Towers of Terror are sick. So there were some Agreed. awesome huge smashes. Oren hits a fucking total anarchy onto fucking glass, which is totally killer. Uh, and I feel like that movie, um, 
the Dewey Cox story sums up where he says, the wrong kid, Dad. Because that's how I feel about this. I felt on the day <laughs> that Orange should have fucking won, and I feel like history now proves he should have won anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, moving agree. on. <laughs> Any thoughts about this? Those, uh, I will say, those towers, man, those things are fucking, those things are unpredictable, man. If you're sitting in that front row, dude, you better duck when somebody hits one of those things. Dude, the entire top half just goes flying into the fucking front rows every single time. Yeah, and you see that crowd reaction, and that's that nervous energy. Yeah, you we need to be on a you need head like, needs to be on a swivel when you're in those fucking front rows. Man. Oh yeah, when you when you're in those big deathmatch environments, you you're not only got the nervous energy because you're just like you might be worried about some of the the wrestlers, mm-hmm. but you're just like you got to worry about your own health sometimes. If you're not paying attention, you you might get you might get fucking smacked in the head with something. Exactly, <laughs> might get whipped in in Japan, like in the front rows. They issue out ponchos and fucking safety glasses like you're sitting there (laughs) i was in uh the second row at shinkiba first ring for big japan uh and it was a tornado tag barbed wire boards match and it was like takeda and his partner what do what's the guy called that wears like the baggy yellow and gray pants um is it oh uh Miyamoto? Miyamoto, yeah. It was him versus these other two dudes. I don't know who it was. But, dude, when I say that they they destroyed these boards, I was getting showered with, like, splinters and stuff in the second (laughs) row. At the end of the match, there were no barbed wire boards left. There were just splinters everywhere. It was fucking (laughs) sawdust because they were spearing each other, mincing each other. There was some barbed wire and there was sawdust, and that's all that was left at the end of the match, yeah? I fucking was pulling, like... Sawdust out of my hair, like how much they mince these things. I, I went to a lot of the IWA Mid South shows for years mm-hmm. out this way, and I always got front row every chance I could get. And there was like most of the times, like no space between the ring and the first row of seats. So like, especially if there's a match where there's tubes in it, you're gonna fucking get hit with shit. Uh, there's plenty of times where I got blood on me. Yeah. Um, I remember at uh, one point there was, uh, I think it might have been King of the Death, like 2016 or 2017, we were sitting front row, me and my fiance, my two cousins and some friends. Uh-huh. And there was, uh, I think it was like Reed Bentley versus somebody. There was like a light tube tower explosion in the corner. And I, my thing I always did, I would always just do this. Yeah, I would always just throw both my hands over my head and duck real quick whenever I saw something Tuck coming. your chin. And, <laughs> And I, yeah, and uh, my my cousin had been drinking quite heavily that day, and I guess his reaction time was just not there. Yeah, and I I felt all the glass and everything hit us, and we kind of looked around like, "Whoa, that was awesome!" And I look over his direction, and he just slowly turns his head and looks at me with a big smile on his face. He's got like three cuts on his face, and blood is just like dripping off the end of his nose. But he couldn't have looked happier. I was about to say, <laughs> I'd be fucking stoked, to be honest. I'd be like, this is fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, that's the that's, that's the name of the game when you're when you're a deathmatch fan. Yeah, you know, shit happens. It's somebody's gonna make it rain on you eventually, and not with money. Exactly. Speaking of making it rain, that's exactly what fucking Alex Cologne did the second he entered this next match against Bam Sullivan. <sighs> with that fucking, like, light tube bundle sword, and they're like, and entering the ring, and then he just 
fucking wasted. Dude. <laughs> it was awesome. I, po- I popped so hard for that. Huge, man. Huge. Like, for anybody that wasn't uh, aware of the history of this match, there was a lot of, like, beef on Twitter and on Alex's podcast about this. So, Bam Sullivan um, got into uh, Tournament of Survival through Twitter, or at least that's the angle anyway. He kind of... Um, posted basically saying, hey, GCW, how many likes do I need to get or retweets do I need to get to get in a tournament of style? And they're like 2,000. It happened. He's got quite a you know supportive fan base. And then Alex Cologne basically came out saying, that's fucking bullshit. I don't think it's the right way to go about it. You need to earn it, blah, blah. And they exchanged barbs. And then Alex cut this sick promo on his podcast talking about how he's going to be there for him to punch in the face and be ready. I want him in the first round and all this shit. I might just play it now. I'm going to put this out there right now. I'm in motherfucking TOS. There's a lot of talk going on right now because of what I said about Bam Sullivan. I'm not going to retract my statement because I somehow knew that people were going to flip it and they were going to fucking say, oh, we know, we think we know what Alex is talking about or we think we know what's right and wrong. No, you fucking don't. You don't because you haven't been wrestling for almost 15 years, so you don't fucking understand what it's like to be me. At TOS, the fucking title is going to be on the line at TOS. In every fucking round I'm in, and in the first fucking round, Bam Sullivan, line it the fuck up. You talk big, you want to rebuttal, this and that. You and me aren't going to need words at TOS. I'm going to be right there for you to punch in the face. Imagine I played that, Corey, because I probably did. I edited it in later <laughs> <laughs> because it's fucking a fucking awesome promo. Um, and, yeah, and so coming into this, he comes in hot, like, looking for him. And, and dude, this is, again, one of, one of the matches of the tournament, dude. I, I think it was Bam Sullivan's best match, for sure. Oh, for fucking sure. Alex made I mean, sure of I that, I will man. say right away, I will say right away that I loved seeing Bam Sullivan in that environment at yeah. GCW, I think I he think the great. world of that dude. I think uh, I think he's an awesome fucking talent. I think he's. I mean, the dude, he's in shape as fuck. He looks like a beast. Yeah, he's work, he's working, man. Absolutely. He gets such good color. That dude is a bleeder. His head at the end, like my, <laughs> I, I rewatched it last night, right? And uh, my wife uh, had a shower and stuff, and she was climbing into bed. I had it on the computer. And she sees him at the end, and you know his entire bald head is just bright, deep red. Yeah, She's like, it was bad. What the fuck has happened to this guy? Like, it was crazy. Yeah, man. I like I like seeing new blood get their opportunity to, um, you know, I like seeing new blood get their opportunity to shine on a bigger platform for the first time. You know, yeah, he came out there, and I think the crowd immediately they were just into it. Like, I think he. Regardless of how he got into the tournament or what anybody's thoughts on it was, I was glad to see him there. Yeah. Um, I knew it was definitely going to be as probably the stiffest test as you could get with fucking Cologne. Yeah. 
And man, when he came out and, and, and not just that, when he hit him with that bundle, I remember jumping up off the couch. I probably, I probably yelled like fuck as loud as I could. And like, just like, was just yeah, yelling he at the TV. Minced him with it, man. Like there was no yes. pulling that hit, you know, like it's, it just carved and that And then thing. the fucking, the tope with the light tube right dude, after that. Dude. Like, God damn, dude. There, I, there's no, there's no other way that you could come out that fucking hard for a death match. Yeah. Like that set the tone right there where, wherever we thought it, it, it slowed down a little bit show wise during the pace, picked it right back up. Dude. If not went farther than it was before. Yeah, dude. I'll say this about Alex as well. Like leading into it, and this is before I met him, but like uh, leading into it, I was maybe thinking like, and you and I talked about this. I was like, I probably want Atticus to win was how I feeling about it. When it comes to tournaments, I'm not huge fan of repeat winners. Uh, I'm like, who else can get something from this and, and things like that. And you're like, nah, man, Alex. And I was like, no, I think it'd be cool. You know, Alex, uh, you know, will obviously get robbed four four zero, blah, 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 something like that. At the start of this match, immediately, 100% Alex Cologne. I no longer gave a fuck about anybody else. And I was like, let's fucking right. go. Like, and, and I have been like, I have enjoyed his matches and stuff like that. But that was the exact moment, like this match, when I became a diehard Alex Cologne fan. Like I was right, like, right. I was like, I know he's awesome and there's been good matches and stuff, but that was the fucking match for me where I was like, this is the one, you know? And, and he made, Bam looked like a million bucks, and he looked like a million bucks. Some of not to not to shine over some of like uh, like the moves that Bam did as well. There was a part where Alex has got like two tubes, and like uh, Bam sort of like forearms one, and then spins round and sort of like fucking mixes yes. through another one. There's another time he picks him up for a spine buster, and as he picks him up. He flips the tube behind Alex's back and spine busts him onto the thing, which wouldn't be yes. an easy thing to do in motion. Um, fuck, there were so many good spots. The, the, well, there was the the one spot where he puts the tube behind uh, his head, behind behind Bam's head, and then slides out of the ring and trips him onto his face, where it breaks over. Breaks the back over of his I mean, like nobody is doing shit like that. Like no. how fucking innovative. Yeah. And you, you got to do that because after a while you can't just hit people with light tubes. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's the next level shit with Cologne, which I, I think a lot of people are seeing. And I'm glad they are because the dude's a fucking maniac, yeah. man. Dude, it, it was so, yeah, so creative and so good. And I love that it finished with like, he wins <clears throat> and then fucking bam attacks him. It's like, it's not, a, and the crowd was going fucking sick. They like, yeah. You know, he was full heel mode at that point, and I loved it. I was like, cool, this isn't finished, because I want to see these guys again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think they kind of tried to end it that way. Yeah, like, uh, yeah they had the pull apart. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, fuck, I'd love to see that again. Yeah. I don't know if uh, – I don't know how much how much money that picked up uh, crowd-wise as far as, like, with, if that would be, like, a returning feud or anything, but I think it definitely showed that – they could do that anytime, and I don't think anybody's going to be upset about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I reckon it'd be a banger, and I think people would be into it. Like they were booing the fuck out of Bam, and obviously cheering the fuck out of Cologne. So that that's absolutely yeah. Awesome. I think I, I think I kind of forgot that that Bam was in a heel yeah, role because that was the whole thing. Yeah, he was coming in and he was yeah. flipping everybody off and stuff like that. Yeah, they were they weren't 
hating him like because they didn't like his work. They were hating him because he was the bad guy, which is what people should do. They should boo the bad guys. Yeah, for sure. And it, it was it was fucking awesome. I seen there was a few people that looked like genuinely pissed off at him. Yeah, I love chanting, uh, "Don't come back" or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, the dude, the dude was the dude was fucking good. I, I don't think his his real heel mentality kicked in until like the last five minutes of that match. Yeah, and then it was pretty fucking heavy. So yeah. I hope that he does come back. That, that shit was awesome, Same. and I, I love good heels too. So yeah, he's really good in that mode. I kind of I kind of prefer him in that heel mode. I think than kind of yeah. like the smiling mustache twirly boy. Like I think him just being a prick is like really good. Hot take. You know who I prefer to be a heel, and a lot of people probably won't agree with this, Mance Warner. I don't know if you knew much about Mance when he was a heel back in like... No, I've only kind of known him to be the, you know, Larrits and Lightbeer, good time. Like 2014, 2015, I think possibly even 2016, he was a heel, Uh and it was the best shit ever. Yeah. Because just, just seeing him come out, trying to fight little kids and it, oh dude it was, it was the funniest shit ever it was like if you if you could go back and see it is it like such a good like it's such like a, a, a good like mode for him to be in because he was so fucking good at it man and he yeah. he carried himself like he didn't give a fuck he was gonna kick everybody's ass in the goddamn room and nobody's gonna do anything about it it's so weird seeing him uh, it would be so weird for somebody now not knowing that he was like that before, yeah. that he was ever a heel before. It would probably throw them off completely. But I've I've told Mance a million times. I'm like, oh fuck, I, I really hope you can go back to like being a heel and cussing out kids and shit. That, <laughs> that, that shit was so great to me. I'll have to show you some clips. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be up for it. Well, undoubtedly, in this kind of new reviews we're going to do, where the whole point is going to be to go back and watch old stuff. So. That's going to be super fun and expose me uh, to all that shit, which I was not around for. So that's going to be killer. Um, Next up was the six-way scramble match. We won't go into that too much. The GCW scramble matches are always fun. Uh, Ninja Mac went on to defeat Calvin Tankman, Dante Leone, Dylan McKay, Jack Cartwheel, and Starboy Starboy Charlie. Um, I hadn't seen before this. I hadn't seen Ninja Mac before. Hadn't seen Dante Leone, hadn't seen Dylan McKay, hadn't seen Jack Cartwheel, like any of those dudes. And it was a fun scramble, man. Heaps of fucking awesome flippy dudes. Um, And yeah, it was a good time and the perfect, um, you know, uh, intermission, so to speak, between the death. Yeah, um, for me, I I was all about Calvin Tankman in that. Uh, He's the man. Tankman is... Yeah, Tankman is a is a fucking machine, and for him to be able to do what he does at the at the fucking at the beastly size that he is is just amazing. His fucking talent is next level, and it's been showing it lately because you know he's been getting picked up all over the place. Yeah, um, I'd like to, especially in the scrambles, I like to lean more towards the strong style stuff. Mm-hmm. The the flippy stuff is really cool, but. I feel like with me at least it wears out its welcome really quick. I like when they they mesh guys. One thing that they seem to do pretty well in these scrambles is they'll they'll have all those flippy guys in there, but then they'll make sure there's like a tankman or a Mercer or an right, AJ right, Gray yeah. or something. There's like some big unit and that you see that juxtaposition of styles, which is, is always really fun. Yeah, and not to not to hate on on 
flippy type wrestling. Like I love that shit, mm-hmm. but when there's too much of it, I get I get really burnt out on it. But that that's that's the good thing about uh, GCW scrambles. Nobody does it better than GCW because they have such a, a broad range of different styles yeah. mixed in on every single one, and it just forces them all to adapt. Yeah, and it's, it's just a car crash, and, and, and it never overstays its welcome either. It's a car crash. There's all sorts of right. stuff. You see some crazy shit, and then it's out. Like. Yeah, it's right. perfect. And Tankman didn't look uh, like he got, you know, like he was weak or whatever. He looked like the dominant force. And even right at the end, Ninja Mac gets it. But, like, Tankman was, like, seconds away from breaking it up and stuff right. like that. So, yeah, it, it did a really good job of making everybody look really good. Um, after that, we go into the semifinals, and we start out with Atticus Kogar um, and G. Raver in a Gusset Plates Light Tubes deathmatch. Um, so when I first saw this, uh, I was like, what the fuck is that giant structure that they're building in? <laughs> and you go, I remember this. casual as you like, well, that's a gusset plate fence. And I'm like, what do you mean it's a gusset plate <laughs> fence? Like, oh, well, it's this. And then as quick as you've just got it saved on your phone, you instantly text me a clip of Masada versus Danny Havoc uh, in CZW, am I right? Yep. Yeah, and... I then watched that match and I was like, holy fuck, because that was the real deal and ends with, you know, Masada breaking off a piece of the fence and like putting uh, putting Danny Havoc in a hole, just grinding him down with a gusset. Like it was absolutely brutal. And I was like, oh yeah, that is a gusset plate fence. So <laughs> there, were, there was another clip that I, I wish I would have showed you too. Was uh, It was also Masada, but uh, Masada and June Kasai in CZW and it was also a gusset plate fence match. And there's a, a sequence in it where uh, Kasai gets whipped into the ropes and Masada drops down and trips him. And I, I don't man, it, it, it's it's so nasty to watch. Um, Jun Kasai basically trips and falls uh, face first into the gusset. Oh. And with, I mean, he didn't get his hand. I don't know if he was preparing for it or not, but it looked like he scraped like his his eyebrow forehead area, oh, I mean, God. right up against it, and he was gushing blood after that. And of course, Kasai, all he could do was turn around and smile at the crowd. Yeah, and it was. I'll, I'll send you the clip after this. It is fucking brutal. Oh Jesus Christ! I like how you like. I've just got. I've just got the clip in my phone. It's just ready to go. <laughs> this is why he's the perfect co-host for this guys. Like Corey is a fucking deathmatch library. Like anything like I need to know and stuff, he's been watching his entire life and just has all the memories and stuff. He's perfect. I'm relatively new to it. I've only been into it for the last, you know, few years and it's all modern stuff, you know? So I, I'm really enjoying like learning about the history of all this stuff. But this was as good a match as you thought it was going to be. It's two of the best, man. Kogar's fucking awesome. Yeah. G-Raver's fucking awesome. And that's exactly what it was. Um, I watched this last night, but now we talk about it I think I was asleep and didn't know I was asleep because I don't remember it all the way, <laughs> to be honest. I remember the other ones um, pretty well, but it, it was the uh it was the one where uh one of the I guess one of the hooded minions or whatever. Oh, it was Jimmy Lloyd, right? Yeah. Jimmy Lloyd. Yes, yeah. So G Raver gets fucked over. That's right. I talked to uh one of my friend Derek. Uh, my friend Derek today, he's he's got a son named Jackson who's like 12 years old and he's a gigantic GCW fan. Uh-huh. And uh, I dropped uh, Alex Cologne's merch on deathmatchworldwide.com. <clears throat> Shameless plug. And, it's all uh, over this show. 
he said, he said, oh man, um, I'm gonna get my son an Alex Cologne shirt. Uh, it's fucking awesome. He he jumped up and he's he's number uh, Alex Cologne's his number two favorite wrestler. He's like Jimmy Lloyd got bumped out of the way, and I was like, oh really? Why? He said because uh, Jimmy Lloyd acts like a bitch now. <laughs> he's 12 years old. And he said and because he because he helped Atticus Kogar, he's on his shit list for life now. He's fucking so, done. He's cut off. I, I thought that was great. That's really funny, Jimmy Lloyd. Sorry, man, you're fucked. But yeah, that that just set that just set up the, the ongoing feud with him and G Raver, yeah. which is again it's fucking genius. And I love it too because it's one of those feuds as well where there's not really like a good guy or a bad guy because you can look at it from both dudes' point of view, you know. So and then you're just left. Um, it's like if anything, I suppose technically G Raver is supposed to kind of be the villain in it, but like any good superhero villain, he's completely justified in what he thinks it's just maybe his methods aren't right you know what i mean right which is, right. Which is the thing it's like yes he should he should be mad his life was fucked up but he's really taking it to extremes that's kind of, kind of how it works yeah for sure yeah but then jimmy does that to him and uh atticus gets the win to go through but not in a way that it makes i mean it was a killer match anyway and it doesn't make atticus look any weaker at all like it, we we all kind of suspected he was going all the way i i think i said to you i was like that was the decider match for me. I was like, because you could see G Raver going to the finals. And I was like, if G Raver goes to the finals, maybe he picks up that win that he never got, you know? But if uh, Atticus I, steps I, through. I feel like I called the finals uh, weeks ago. I, I ran through that bracket in my head so many times, and I yeah. thought there was just no way possible for it to not be who was going to be in the finals. Yeah. And yeah. so I felt like every match I was watching – as a, a a smart Mark wrestling fan, <laughs> that I, I felt like I had them all figured out ahead of time. So that just also yeah, I, me, the, the match was fucking awesome. I would I could have easily seen G Raver going to the next round, but I I didn't see Atticus not winning. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, that that was the great thing about this tournament too. Like every single match, with like I said, the exception of Manders and um, Atticus, <laughs> I felt like all of them in that first round could have gone every way. Either way, you yeah. know, probably not Cologne, but you could go, hey, if they really wanted to fuck up the tournament and build like a real rivalry here, you could pull an upset, you know, like, so, yeah, yeah. and that that's what made the entire thing like so, so intense as it went through. Uh, then we jump on to the next match, uh, which again, we're not going too in depth into for obvious reasons, but it is a Taipei Pains of Glass death match. And that was the part that we were sort of alluded to at the start where it shows them uh, legendary deathmatch builder Gene sorting out their Taipei gloves and stuff like that. And Nick Gage was like, Deathmatch yeah, Hall of Famer Gene. Exactly. Deathmatch Hall of Famer Gene. And uh, yeah, and Nick Gage is like, yeah, get that fucking dip on those Taipei gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Use that fucking real cut glass. Don't use that bullshit beer bottle blunt shit, man. Like, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. If I'm ever in a Taipei match, I know how to do it now. Like, I love that shit. I love that little that little video clip. Loved it leading yeah. up to that match. I love that type of yeah. stuff. There I hate when it's more... just them sweeping the ring. You know, I'd prefer to yeah. like go to something like a video package or or whatever. I love build ups. I love promos. Honestly, if I was ever running a if I was ever running a, a wrestling company, like even a deathmatch company, I would have the same setup as like 
NWA in the 80s where there was commentators at a fucking actual booth yeah. away from the ring, uh-huh. and the focus was on them talking over the crowd, doing everything, people coming out, doing cutting promos, then there's run-ins, there's arguments. There's yeah. I love that shit. There yeah. needs to be more like backstage video. There needs to be more promo pack. I think it, it would just add so much to an already amazing product right now. I feel like somebody is just somebody needs to jump on that completely exactly. and I don't know why and, they don't. Yeah, exactly. And there's like uh, definitely companies that are starting to do more of that. You've seen ICW No Holds Barred, like Struggles is really picking up those promo videos and stuff. Like over Texas, there was a bunch of them. The more of those, the better. Obviously, he probably doesn't want to hear me say that because he's the most overworked man in, in wrestling right now. He's like, not more videos, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Struggs. Uh, and also Deathmatch Worldwide, how they shoot all the aftermatch promos immediately, like in front of the banner, like in Japan and stuff like that. I really like that. I'd love to see more of that kind of stuff from, um, yeah, like a GCW or an ICW. I do like when um, Larry speaks to them in the ring. Um, but it's kind of, yes, uh, it's, yes. uh, it's not quite the same as that come out the back and here's a mic and just fucking spit something, you know? Yeah. I think that, I think there really needs to be like a stage area almost to where yeah. that's where the focus is between matches. And it's not just where you're taking the focus off of the ring because they're cleaning up or something. You're literally going into the next thing yeah. and you, you're keeping the ball rolling. You, you know, you got another match coming up. Well, let Jimmy Lloyd come out and talk a bunch of shit to G Raver and Before he let's walks get the match out. started by G Raver running in and smacking him with a fucking chair and, the, and then oh, drags God, him oh drags him through now. the curtain to the ring and all that kind of stuff. Like it just keeps flowing. I don't know, like I feel like that that shit just kind of stopped so many years ago and I don't know why because I feel like it's such an awesome formula for a yeah. wrestling show. Yeah, and I, I think the it, off deathmatch topic. I think the only people that were doing that recently that that we're, we're getting it right was when NWA came back Yeah, power. recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, power. And I, I love that. I was, you know, it, it really takes a lot for me to get into a wrestling product, but they were doing it right. Yeah. Right, and right, I was right. just like, man, like that, this, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. We need and studio deathmatch death wrestling. Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. Just need studio sound stage deathmatch wrestling. That would be sick. Yeah, yeah. It needs to fucking happen. It's so wide open. Needs to do Nobody's fucking doing it. Somebody should do it. No. Corey, we're going to have to do it. We're going to start our own wrestling. Yeah, I mean, fuck it, man. We'll, we'll so, get it done. We'll start booking it. I'll book it from here, from Perth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then a match happens where Alex Colon is still the best in the world. Um, I did... I one thing I did like, if I just can think of a spot, I thought it was one of his best uh, Spanish flies off the top. I don't always like a Spanish yeah. fly. I don't like it when it ends a match because it, it seems very assisted. But this one felt very manhandly, if that makes sense. What he does is he props someone on a top rope and puts uh, a glass pane hits it with the chair and shatters him so he's all stunned. Then he gets up. That was nasty. It was brutal, right? Then he grabs him around the waist and then just physically manhandles him into the Spanish fly instead of, like, two guys, like, going, it's a hand over each other's shoulder and together and a one and a two and a, like, whatever. (laughs) Like, he was, like, grabbed him, tube, whatever, fucking goes. And I was like, that's the one of the best ones he's ever done because it looks like... It was like like a violent Spanish fly. Yeah, it it looked like... 
the other guy had no choice. Like right. Alex took him up there, right. You're physically, going. <laughs> physically took him off the top rope, and it was like the best one he ever ever done. And obviously, he had won a lot of matches with that previously, uh, which I didn't like love. But then in this, when he kicks out, Alex gets fucking pissed off, uh, puts him in the corner, throws some shit at him or whatever. Then he just puts him in that hold, brutalizes him, and he taps out like. And he just like drags him over, whacks him in it, and just pulls right back. And you're like, this is fucking over. Like, it was killing. Yeah. And I liked how yeah. Alex's finishes ramped up in violence with every single match. Like, by the end of the final, he's like, no, fuck this. And like, just goes so hard in the finish. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, did you have yeah, any, I mean, any more thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, you, you pretty much covered it on that. I thought the... I thought the 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 paint of glass chair shot in the yeah. corner was just was just nasty, and uh, that was the point where it really, like you were saying, he started to ramp up the the violence with all of his his near finishes and everything. Yeah. But you know, with with Alex, I feel like um, I feel like there's there's this big argument between who's the best in the world, Alex Cologne, John Wayne Murdoch, because they're both from you know, different companies right now. And I've, I love both of those dudes. I love everything that those do, those dudes do. Um, and you know, a lot of people shit on Alex because I feel like, um, there's, there's more quantity with, with John Wayne Murdoch. He's, I mean, they they call him the, the ace of ICW and the Iron Man for a reason because the motherfucker is just, one match after another he doesn't stop yeah Mm -hmm. and while i feel like murdoch is definitely it's i can't choose when it comes to best in the world between those two Mm -hmm. but with alex i feel like while his matches aren't as often as murdoch's are i feel like his quality and his violence is just fucking up there man like so innovative the dude goes yeah, he's innovative. He goes 110 miles an hour, and even if there's a point where things start to slow down in a match, 100%, it's going to rev right the fuck up towards yeah. the end, and it's just going to explode right at the end. And yeah. it, I love what the dude's doing right now, man. Yeah, and this whole tournament felt like he had something to prove. When I spoke to him, I spoke to him just after this, uh, interviewed him, check out the uh, archives on Face and Feels podcast. Uh, but, like... He talked about how in Tournament of Survival 5, him and Schlack went so hard at the start, he literally was gassed out for the rest of the tournament. He's like, yeah. I was fucked. He's like, I couldn't get it back. And he's like, and it. You could tell, too. Yeah, oh, you could tell. And it bothered him, you know? Like, and so he was like, I went and I got my cardio right and shit like that. And you can tell. Like, this year he came out like, okay, people want to talk shit on last year, and I probably deserve that. So now I'm about to show them. And dude, it, like, especially in those finishing sequences. It's just like, oh, he's down and out. Maybe this is going to, oh, no, he's about to fuck somebody up. And just, it's like, bang, bang, bang. And so brutal and so violent. You're like, this is over. This isn't one finisher. This is three, you know, like in yeah. a row. It, and then there's nothing left to say. It, it was killer, man. It's absolutely killer. Yes. Um, after that, we had like a cool little segment between uh, Kit Osborne and AJ Gray, which I liked. Um <laughs> Kid Osborne's great. He can talk a lot of shit. And then when that AJ Gray music hits, total bop, 
everyone's going sick. That camera, and I liked in the whole thing that when anybody would enter, like I'll the camera would sort of, yeah, <laughs> exactly, fucking wicked. And like as they would enter, the camera would sort of be in front of them, and it would like come with them as they came to the ring. But as as he's doing that, the entire crowd singing it with him, it's looking like a hip hop video, you know, as he's just like carrying these tubes to the ring and stuff. And then yeah, he beats the fuck out of Kid, Kid Osborne like pretty quick, smart. Uh, first off, shout out to Kid Osborne. He's he's got a broke ass ankle right now that oh, he's he? had fuck. surgery on recently, oh, so he's gonna be out for a little shout bit. Shout out, Kid man. But uh. But I, I, I love that shit. I love that him hopping up on the show. Nobody's fucking appreciating me. Why am I not booked on this show? That I love that shit. Yeah, and then yeah. he, you know, somebody comes out and, and gives him a fucking ass beating. I love that shit. Uh, I'm, again, I'm always a fan of good heels. And if, if you're calling out, you know, just anybody open call out to walk out. I don't think fucking AJ Gray is the person you want to see no. walk through the curtain because that big guy's a fucking maniac. He lays it in too, man. That lariat, like at the end, I fucking thought he was just going to go straight through Kit's chest and sever him in half, like, because it was so fucking hard. He just, like, lays it in and I'm like, oh, and now Kit Osborne is broken into. <laughs> I heard somebody call that the BBC one time. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think that is what he calls the it. The big black clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. him. I, I think, think it's I'm, him I, that I calls it. I actually that. heard him say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's no fucking joke, eh, when that happens. So, yeah, no, I, I really like that. Um, And it was a great way to spotlight AJ. He's obviously pretty important to GCW, former champion, not in the tournament. Great, quick, like, while the guys rest up before going into this absolute war that's about to happen, let's have a bit of fun shine some light on Kit, uh, and make AJ look like an absolute beast. Now, remind me if my timeline is right. Is this the segment that got Kit kicked out of King of the Death matches, or was that at Planet Death? I can't remember, because he did something similar to this, and it got him removed from a tournament, right? Who who was it at Planet Death that came out? Was it Marcus Crane? Yeah, you know what? It was yeah, Marcus Crane. It was Marcus Crane that came out at, yeah, yeah. at Planet Death, but I think it was I think it was this one. I think it, yeah, I think at, it was the AJ GOS Gray one because I remember Kit being like, "He's a former champion. He's one of the biggest independent talents in the world. How's that being buried? Fuck me for trying to like fucking you know do a good job. You know, he's like, been doing it so much. I honestly thought that when they announced that he wasn't going to be in King of the Death, I thought. I thought they were fucking. That's the angle. They were going right? along with the storyline. Yeah. I thought he was. They were making an angle where he was going to pop up at King of the Death and be like, "Oh, you're not going to book me on your fucking show." That's what they should have done because that, he's been doing yeah, it on no pants. They should have done it, but instead, it was some fucking pol- political bullshit. Like stupid yeah. politics, crybaby bullshit. Of don't even get me started on that one right there. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, let's I, let's I, not I go into they, that. We're not talking I they about missed it. an opportunity on that. Yeah, same. And yeah, I, I'm sad to hear Kit's injured, but I'm sure he'll be back soon, man. I think the world of that guy. So, looking forward to to seeing him popping back up and the different stuff he's doing at No Peace and shit like that. He's awesome. Yes, man. sir. Yeah. And then we go into the the finals, man. Ah, uh, fuck, Kogar coming through the crowd. Everybody flipping him off. Fucking looking pissed off and smirking in people's faces. Just real good work. Then fucking Alex comes out, man, playing that Danny Havoc theme. He's got fucking, you know, Marcus Crane with him and I'm like, not crying, you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was <laughs> it was some real shit, dude. And 
even then, I was surprised by, like, as the match progressed, like, how 50-50 the chants were. Because people were, like, about Atticus, too. Like, both dudes were over in this match, man. And let's not forget the... Um, Shit, dude! I completely lost it just then. Um, who who brought the who brought the fucking the goddamn trophy out? Sick Nick. Oh Mondo, fuck! Man. I almost went over Nick Mondo. Yeah, because obviously it was going to be the like Hall of Fame weekend, and yeah, Deathmatch Legend, Sick Nick Mondo. Dude, there's a, the there's trophy. a picture I saw of him throwing down the double M's on the corner, and the whole crowd is just into. I mean, what? I I didn't expect I didn't expect him to do that. I knew he was there for Hall of Fame that weekend. Yeah, but I didn't expect him to be to come out with the fucking trophy. I thought that was sick. Yeah, that that was sick. And then they got that cool photo of him doing the double M's, and both guys are there. And then as he goes to get out of the ring, Atticus jumps Cologne, even more <laughs> right. fucking heat throws, it, and Mondo's like, "I need to get the fuck out of here." Knocks a tube. Yeah, off. he's like, "I've retired from this shit." I'm exactly. Going. He, he fucking knocked a tube off and smashed as he got out. You see Atticus laughing. At him. He's like, "Ha ha!" Uh, he's like, "You fucking run." Yeah. So yeah, and then man, I, I think it's my favorite death match of all time. Like at the moment, like it. Man, it's it's possible. It definitely put a cap on the whole tournament because at that point, I mean. I feel like especially Cologne, he was beat the fuck up. Dude, he's, he was minced his arm and his fucking head and stuff. Like, yeah. I've watched this match like he four was times or something, man. Too, like, I, think. I don't rewatch anything, eh? But I've watched this match a lot of times. And so mm. many innovative spots, so much cool shit. The barbed wire boards, that big fucking hula hoop light tube thing and Amy's like what the fuck is that and I'm like well it's a hula (laughs) tube fucking light tube circle and she's like what do they gonna do with that throw it at somebody I'm like no what he does is way cooler watch this puts him in it bang the massive kick runs around and then hyping the crowd like let's go let's go and then again the other side and like Alex is so magnetic man and the crowd's just going crazy chanting three Pete they're fucking Throwing each other through shit, fucking uh, Alex. The, but what about the the corner the corner contraptions on the outside that were like a mouth? Oh yeah, and, I was like, gonna say when it came down, it almost got the camera. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, that thing was wild. But then no no spot was more fucking terrifying. It's an exposed boards match as well, um, which is brutal. But they've pulled up a quarter of the ring's boards. Atticus lays down the glass. Across the, the ring, crash. over the express thing, the air raid crash through the glass under the ring. I thought Cologne was dead, man. Like I thought, I mean, to the fucking floor, man. Like, dude, and he was God. so close to those steel beams, and he's laying there, and there's blood pooling out the back of his head, and I'm like, they're both fucking dead. Like those spots, those fucking when you remove the boards and, and put glass over the frame, those spots fucking scare me so bad. Um, I remember the, uh, I guess it was like, I think it was like the pain limit finals from like 2012 for freedoms. And it was uh, Masada and June Kasai and Masada did the same thing with yeah. glass over the frame, uh-huh. move the boards and he power bombed June Kasai th- through oh. it. And I mean, you're talking, inch two inches away from the back of his head just smacking the steel frame and as soon as i saw them setting this setting that up for this uh finals match i was like oh god damn it like here we go again like brings my anxiety through the roof because i'm just like 
you've got there's so little room for error. Yeah, dude, not smacking yourself on one of those and things. The, on the, the move down. choice as well, like the the air raid crash is no joke. Um, both guys are taking it essentially when you do it, so they're both like, "We'll do it together," kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's a mean looking move. Like yeah, it's it's fucking it's a risky one, man, and it. It looked mental, but it was the right choice for the match, man. It was like <laughs> took the fucking air out of the place. Say, eh? like, I was like, Whoa. I mean, I mean, that was. I, I feel like everybody watching at that point was like, next level. Yeah, these. I mean, like that cemented Cologne's fucking lunacy, yeah. and it it brought fucking. Kogar's fucking name so much higher after yeah. that because it's like, dude, these dudes are going after it. I don't know yeah. if any two other people would have went after it that hard. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was real, man. Like they both had something to prove, and it showed, dude. It showed for real. Um, and then, yeah, I keep talking about that ending sequence, but like, it really looks like after this that like Alex is done, and you're like, oh fuck, he, how's he gonna come back from this? This might be finished, you know. But then when he kicks out right. and fucking goes sick, he just goes into beast mode, and it's no joke. He does this, like, fucking almost uh, go-to-sleep type thing, and then it's like a dragon suplex, and then he puts him in that yes. hole. And it's just like, this is... He's not with the fuck around at this point. He's just like, bang, yeah. bang, bang. This is fucking over, and I loved it. I was like, because he just had enough. Yeah, it was still- right, right when you think his gas tank's empty, man, he gets... Explodes. Uh, it's like he gets another gallon of gas out yeah. of nowhere, and he just fucking goes and for Atticus it. And Atticus is just fucked up. He's like, where did this even come from? And he just gets decimated right. in the just in this fury of fucking, like, explosion. It was it was killer. What an ending. And it was yeah. like a definitive, like, three-peat. This is done. This is his. Oh, don't forget the uh, don't forget the weed whacker spot. Oh, I forgot the weed whacker. His, I, his I almost arm forgot is about that up. until just now. Yeah, fuck, that was brutal. Yeah, that that lit him up right in his shoulder, and I think I'd heard that it hit him in the face also. <laughs> Which fuck, man, like, <laughs> like good god, dude. He his like left arm, that entire shoulder and stuff was just bleeding so bad, and you see the scarring and stuff now. He, Oh, he, yeah. He's got some fucking stories to tell on that arm just from this match alone, you know? And his, yeah. his head and stuff. Uh, I, I felt like I he was losing a lot. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody else, like, at least in the U.S., that has raised scars as bad as Cologne, probably Orn and um, I don't know who else, but I know those two dudes come to mind whose scars are literally like raised off of their yeah, body. Yeah, like there's a like Kasai Takeda level, like right. big Japan level scarring. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was that that fucking ending, like you said, that fury of violence was just it was ridiculous. And I, I mean, I there's nobody around me. I'm I'm jumping up in my living room, like clapping and yeah. yelling because I was just like, what a fucking show! Like, what a way to end that shit, dude. And I wasn't sure if they were going to go the three-peat route with Alex, but and I think a lot of people were not going to be happy with that. But I'm glad it happened because, like that, I said, I didn't think him. I was going to be happy with it until that fucking Bam Sullivan match, and I was like, "Let's go!" And then when it happened, like it, it was it was awesome. I couldn't have been happier with it. My reaction was a little bit more subdued because it was five a.m. and my wife was asleep <laughs> next to me, and I was so fucking tired. 
Um, I had had like two hours sleep or whatever, two, three hours sleep before getting up to watch the thing, you know. But I was like, holy fuck, that whole thing was awesome. And you and I were going to get on the phone. We were going to do this conversation that we're doing right now then. But my body had no energy left to do that. I was like, no I am death sorry. Match, no life, Rafe. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had no life for deathmatch at that point. I was fucked. <laughs> Literally fucked. Tell them to fight. Joel Bateman has said he's going to do a fucking deathmatch tournament or a deathmatch show that's gone, see how you like it. And he's going to set it up so it airs live at fucking 5 a.m. your guy's time. And see, how, <laughs> see how it fucking feels for you a change. <laughs> you know me, dude. I don't go to bed till 6 or 7 a.m. No, I know. Anyway, you're so up I'm anyway, which is it. why it's so easy for us to ch- talk all the time. I don't really sleep. You live on Australian time anyway, so it works out fine. Basically. But yeah, man. Like... I can't, I can't say enough about the entire thing. And I know this has been, it is the story of Alex Colon as the entire tournament was done. But man, Atticus was the perfect guy to be in there with him. Like that guy is just like an absolute weapon. His promo um, in the in the show was literally awesome that he, he had done, like set this yeah. vibe and made him like this kind of dangerous sort of guy. I might play it now. Imagination's not a crazy one, no. I grew up in the slums where they kill anything that grows. I'm saying I can't make these things up, so we only live reality. If you daydream, then you go. And I'm tired of people saying I ain't did nothing they ain't did. I'm talking knife fights with kids as kids till one of us no longer lives. Welcome to the world's most dangerous game. I know you've heard me say it before. Now I'm inviting you to play. You better be better than just good aim. You'll need senses. You either have them or you don't. I can't explain. Like when you walk into a room, you memorize where everything is. The exits, the doors, the windows. Are there stairs? Are there kids? If a man approaches you at night and you have no idea why, don't wait to hear him speak. Pull it out and don't shoot in the sky. His eyes will widen up and aim right between those eyes. And when he drops, don't run. Stand over him and feel him die. And I don't care who you are or if you care or not. You're looking over your shoulder at every passing car. You could be shot. And once you felt that stress, life doesn't get to you. Not anymore. Not after what we've been through. Or maybe I didn't. Either way, um, it was yeah. He's he's killing it, man. And like he's so young, like the 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 future for him is just so bright. What's to come for Adam dude? He's he's a he's a fucking star right now, and he yeah. knows it. Yeah. And I love that he knows it, and you can just see it in his energy when he comes out. Yeah. And the the fact that that the fact that he like doesn't react to people cheering him or people with their fucking finger in his face. The fact that he just walks right through it. I love that shit. He doesn't give like, a fuck. I out. normally love heels for interact to interact with people mm-hmm. who are giving him shit. I like to see him give it right back. But with Atticus, it fits his fucking personality so well yeah. to just, I'm just here to commit violence and that's it. Fuck everybody else. I yeah. love that shit. Exactly. He's occasionally like, people will be just screaming in his face, like flipping off and he just like smirks at him and just keeps going like, yep. yeah, I don't know how yep. he doesn't break. It. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's killer, man. But yeah, as, as we said, like maybe one of the, the best deathmatch tournaments of all time. I definitely haven't seen as much as you have. NGI two was probably my favorite before this, and it's been a little while since I've watched it. I still fucking really NGI like two yeah, is definitely I really like up that there. too. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to say if I 
if I like this more or not, I guess, in reflection, because now I'm thinking about NGI Tool and it's pretty fucking badass. But, uh, man, <laughs> I definitely... that was, that was that your American accent? Yeah, I think it was my American accent. Yeah, exactly. Fucking badass. It was fucking badass, man. Fucking badass. <laughs> Um, it, uh, you talk over there talking like a bogan, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear Neil, uh, call Sawyer Wrecker bogan in his match at no piece no, the other I day? Yeah. <laughs> Explain to people what a bogan is. I've, you told me that and I say it all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. So a bogan is kind of like an Australian redneck. Um, so like a bogan is a guy that gets around, he's got like a mullet and he's wearing like a flannel. If you know what that is, like a flannelette shirt, maybe the sleeves are cut off. Uh, he's just wearing stubby shorts, which are like short shorts and thongs. He'll drive like a beat up Commodore, which is like a Holden. Do you have Holden or Ford? Whatever. Wait, when you say thongs, do you mean like, like flip flops? Flip flops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, I was so confused for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, he's got a mullet, a flannel. <laughs> oh wait, I, I just realized what you think it's called. So a thong for you guys <laughs> is obviously underwear, which in Australia, and I don't know why, was always like referred to as a G-string. I mean, they they, they still say that here, but I yeah, think yeah. thong is the more universal anyway, word so for in, in America. Thongs are it. what we call flip flops. <laughs> okay, we, yeah. we call them flip flops or slippers or something. Yeah. I always slippers call them are like fuzzy shoes for wearing in the house, like at bedtime. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> I guess that works. But anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically living in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm in Bougainville, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so then you know about it, right? And then it's like you know, maybe he's got a ton of kids and he kind of hates them all, and he's drinking all the time and smoking. It just a general sort of uh, <laughs> piece, piece of shit, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So. I mean, I'm fucking one too, I guess. But uh, so I I taught... We've the, all got a little bit of bogan in us. We do. We definitely do. But yeah, so when I I told Neil that, he fucking loved it. I've got voice messages I can play on this of him learning to say it, which is really some of the funniest fucking audio you'll ever hear. <laughs> I'll get permission from him and I'll, I'll play it on the show. I would never, <laughs> would never do it. No, but him going, bogan? Like, trying to do it. It was really funny. But, yeah, he likes to say funny words and fucking and pop people. Shout so. out to Neil. Shout out to Neil Diamond Cutter, man. Absolutely. Neil's Love the reason guy. we met. Neil's the reason we met. As my first ever international yes, guest. I wanted to buy a shirt of his. He's on Deathmatch Worldwide. I buy one, have a pleasant experience Ooh, yeah. with Corey, ask him to be on my show, and now we speak to each other nearly every fucking day. So, <laughs> thank you, Neil. Friends, yeah, we're best friends, man. So, Yeah. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with one of my best friends going forward. This was heaps of fun, man. We need to decide right yeah, now what our next retro review is going to be. I mean, this isn't that retro, but we're going to go back. What Corey and I want to do is help educate me and help listeners either receive education or relive some of like the greatest stuff in Deathmatch Wrestling. And I think we're going to start going tournament by tournament. And we'll go like, you know, do we want to choose Cage of Death, Tournament of Survival, King of the Deathmatch, whatever it may be, and we're going to start at number one and work our way through. And then when we finish them, we'll go on to the next one and we'll do it till the day we die. So <laughs> so what do you think, I've, man? I've, what do I've you feel? Got, I've already got a few uh, a few shows that I want us to cover that I definitely want you to see that I'm not sure that you've seen. But, yeah, I've got a few ideas. I probably haven't. Sure. So, so how about we do this, right? So 
Faces and Feels is my show, but Faces of Deathmatch is going to be our offshoot we're going to do together. So why don't you pick right now one of, like what you think would be the best, and we'll do that. I think uh, I would like to do, it's still fairly recent, I believe it was 2017, mm-hmm. uh, IWA Mid-South, Kings of the Crimson Mask. Okay. I was at that show, uh-huh. and it was it was lit from start to finish. It was fucking great. So I, th- I think that would be a good one to cover. Now, is uh, I haven't heard of that before. So is that like an ongoing tournament, or is that just a one-off show, or what was that? So it, it, is, it is not a tournament. I think they did uh, two or three Kings of the Crimson Mask shows. They might have did one like – like years prior okay. and this was like the return of it but i know in that time frame they did two kings of the crimson mask shows i'm pretty sure but this first one uh oh man it was fucking awesome it's not tournament uh style it was just death match death match death match yeah. death match and uh, there was a lot of guys on it i think uh ricky shane page uh schlack there was a bunch of different people out of that homeless jimmy yeah from xpw i believe and it, it, it was a fucking chaotic show it was really good that's sick see that's what i love as well because you've got the insights on those little individual shows that i would probably never have any uh knowledge of especially if you were there so let's do that we'll do what was it kings of the crimson mask what year and time 2017, I believe, IWA Mid-South. Yeah, sweet. I'll put, we'll, once we get it all sussed, I'll like post it on social media like, this week we're reviewing this or whatever it is so people know and they can maybe watch it before they hear us talk shit about it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't talk as much shit as I thought I was going to, but that's because I loved uh, TOS 666 so fucking much. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to getting into some bad shit as well which would be really funny oh if you want to get into some bad shit brother i got you i got you on lock because yeah i think everybody anybody that knows me they know i'm like a low-key fan of uh of the deep south wrestling here in the u.s which is it's sometimes it's extremely fucking brutal and awesome and sometimes it is shittier than dog shit but it (laughs) And not in a bad way. It, yeah. They're extremely fucking entertaining, even when they're the most terrible show you've ever seen. So if you want bad, I can go that route too. <laughs> I I, th- I think the 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 list of stuff that we can we can do on this is going to be fucking long, man. So yeah, it's going to be endless. fun. I'm I'm really excited to do this. So we're going to try to do it once a month, guys. So. Uh, we'll get this one out, we'll get it popping, and then we'll see how it goes. And then people can make suggestions and stuff too. That'd be fun. If they're like, oh, I'd love to hear you guys talk about this or whatever, we can maybe jump into stuff like that too. So that'd be killer, man. For sure. Um, so for if we didn't say it enough, make sure you support Deathmatch Worldwide. Corey Buss is asked to put out the best merch for Deathmatch wrestlers. Go and support all these guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big dog energy there. Ho, ho. Uh, <laughs> we... Like, we just want to, like, bring eyes to those things, you know what I mean? And if people can, you know, get more exposure and and stuff like that and then it can gain, like, extra stuff for them, then that, that's the best, you know? Like, Deathmatch Wrestling has never been kind of more over, you know? So there's so much to talk about and so much history that I know nothing about. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm looking really fucking forward to this. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Plus, we get to hang out. It's just an excuse. The real key is going to be having to sync up a time where we can both be drunk and it's a reasonable time of 
of day. <laughs> right. Yeah. The other day, well, I, well it's, it's good that you want to do this once a month because then I can literally just sit that day aside and be like, I'm not doing shit that day except this. That's I love that. I love that. And, you know, if we're doing it on this same day that we are now, every single week, I don't work on a Friday, which is your Thursday. So what time is it there now? It is 10.40 p.m. on a Thursday right now. There you go. So 10.40 a.m. on a Friday. I can easily <laughs> be drunk because I ain't got nowhere to go because it's my day off. So we can uh, we can have some fun with that as well. Hell yeah, man. This is what's up. Awesome, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Corey. Man, it's so fun doing this with you. Thank you to Deathmatch Absolutely, Worldwide bro. for kidding everybody out with banging threads. And remember, it's all about peace, love, and fucking Deathmatch Wrestling. Am I right? <coughs> Woo! Big dog edgy. Ho, ho. Hell yeah. <laughs>Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent feud.